podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, there, Ed's uh, Gareth Robertson, Craig Hannon here, just to give you a little bit of an update on what the situation is around the Anfield app. As you've probably gathered by now, uh, we are having some issues with the website, with the servers for the website. And we are incredibly frustrated by the situation. All the content is still out there. The video is still out there. The podcast is still out there. The writing isn't really out there. But there is still some stuff on our Facebook page. But we just wanted to update you with not much of an update, Craig. We're basically still in a bit of a bad situation, aren't we? Yeah, like, I think we, we just want to sort of continually mention it on shows. And we'll we'll continually sort of... Um, try and keep you as up to date as possible um, via email and via the um, the sub- sub- subscriber group. Um, even whenever we aren't really sure what um, you know how long these things are going to take, and we've come into a few different problems um, over the past um, week and a half in particular, and we're we're working sort of night and day with the developers to um, to get it sorted. And we just we just sort of wanted to to say thank you really for your for your patience on it because. I mean, if we're frustrated, we know how frustrated you all will be with it. And um, genuinely, like some of the nice emails and stuff that we've gotten from people um, are 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 getting us through this. To be honest, because it's an absolute nightmare for us. Yeah, I mean, and big apologies for all the all the messing around. Really, we understand as well that people have habits around the way they listen, the way they watch, the feeds that they subscribe to, and all the rest of it. And this has been a disruption to all of that. And we know as well from the people we talk to, from the feedback we get, that people listen in cars and when they're on runs and when they're walking the dog and whatever it may be. And all of these things have meant that you've had to point your phones and everything else in different directions to the free feed. And we understand that everyone's technically mad. Minded, and that it's you know it's just a little bit of a disrupt, disruption to to life's rhythm and all that kind of stuff. So we do apologise for that. As Craig said, it is frustrating for us as much as it is for you because you know with the Reds being great and the Reds being top of the league and the Reds about to be the champions of England for the nineteenth time, we want to be shouting about it and concentrating on content instead of taking calls every two minutes from developers and from people in charge of servers and all that kind of madness. So yeah, we will keep you updated. We'll keep on giving your updates on the podcast on the videos and via emails and everything else uh, do bear with us we do hope it's going to get sorted very very soon but we don't want to say a date or we don't want to commit to a day when it's all going to be fixed again because ultimately we don't know do we mate so we're just no, we're, exactly we're, as soon as we do know something we will tell we're you. just trying to be as honest as possible yeah. and and we don't want to put time scales on and then for them time scales to to not work out again because um that's happened in the past and um and yeah so we'll just try and be as honest with you as we can um that we're we're working to try and sort it um the best places to get the content at the minute if you search for the Anfield Wrap on any third party feed uh, you'll find our free feed um, and on there all of our premium contents there um, you'll be able to find it on Audioboom you'll be able to find it on Spotify and then for videos um, it's all on YouTube at the minute um, and like Gareth said we'll sort of we'll keep you up to date um, and, and any more sort of info that we uh, have and when we have it um, we'll give it to you via the via the different channels but yeah nice one for your support and your patience Hi it's the Anfield Wrap not with Neil Atkinson with Rob Gutman who's standing in for Neil Atkinson uh, and it's brought to you as always in association with The Athletic they are our main sponsors for the year they do a fantastic job I love their stuff I'm a, sub- a subscriber I think you call it I'm a subscriber yes check out their website and app uh, the Liverpool content in particular is brilliant you can get a special offer for The Athletic via tour by going to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Wrap. Give it a go, kids. It's very good. And 
to give it to give dissecting uh, Liverpool post the humiliation at Watford a go. Our super spreaders, Ben Johnson, <laughs> Paul Cope, Annie and Salmon, <laughs> safely locked down in the bowels of the Anfield uh, studio and headquarters in uh, central Liverpool. Ben, Ben, where do we even start with this? It all seemed so simple, and then, then Watford happened. From nowhere, it feels like we've got an existential crisis on our hands. We knew who we were before Saturday. We were the greatest team that the world had ever seen. We were the supporters of the greatest team the world has ever seen. Feels like we're, we're different people today. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Um, it's really weird not winning and 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 watching them not find a way to win. Like, yeah, we, we me and Cole watched the game together at half time. We were like, yeah, it's easy. This, I mean, they've, they've done all right, Waffer, but they've ran themselves into the ground. Yes, uh, we'll start playing well and we'll score and we'll win 2 0. That was our, our, and even started the second half, we started playing better. Robertson got in down the left. We we started the, the tempo was a little bit better, and then it just sort of fell by the wayside. And it was a it was a really surreal feeling. Like it's so long since you've had that sort of pain in your gut. You know, you're like you sort of just there like an ache. Mm. You're like, what? This, this, what's this? This is what I forgot about this. Yeah. It, was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a flashback? But I mean. I, I did the uh, post-match pint video afterwards with Gareth and James Sutton Paul, and in the moment I said, I t- I t- "Well, in the moment I said at half time that was as shit as I've seen Liverpool all season in that first forty-five. Even though I had the same thoughts that Ben had that we will eventually turn this round. Mm. By the end, I was th- I was struggling to think of a worse performance in the Klopp era, which seems a mad thing to say, given how good we've been in in recent times." Yeah, I heard you say that and I thought, it's bollocks that, Rob. But go um, on, you tell me. Is, I'll tell you why I said it. Well, should I tell you why I said it? Because we created this, nothing. This, yeah. is, this, is be, this is because I can't give you any specific game that we were worse than that because I don't remember past football games. I, Nap- I, I, Napoli. I, I, I shift on, them out I? of my head. Napoli away on. season before but last. Mm. Th- this is the, the only basis on which I'm saying that is just think of the players we used to have. There's no way in a million years I the lads know. we used to have didn't ever put in a worse performance than that or at least a, you know, on par with that. Like, we were crap. We used to be rubbish, and now we're boss. And what, where, where we are is the immediacy of it, and we all like, oh, yeah, like, it's always the best game. It's always the worst game. But this is, it feels so bad because of the context. Like, we had, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think it's done us a massive favour. I, I think, already spinning into the optimism of it. If you think about last week, and I've seen, you might have even been one of them on Twitter, I've seen a few people saying this. When you reflect on the whole, like, video thing, and like the do the advert they did, and we're all, we're oh, all yeah, yeah. like we're all raving off, and we're all laughing our heads off, and it's like we we shifted the whole fan base's thing. It's all oh, this footy larks easy now. We're I just, know we're going to roll over everybody that ever comes before us. Now we can just go spread into comedy acting, and we'll <laughs> and we'll take over that world as well. The Harlem Globetrotters, like, oh, aren't we, yeah, aren't we? Aren't they just the best things since sliced bread? And we're all getting too big for our boots. And all of a sudden, and we. When we do our Corona show, that's exactly what we'll talk about. The world has a nice way of bringing you back down to earth and saying, just have a little word with yourselves, lads. And I think, I think come the end of the season, we'll look back at this game and say, in a sort of Ferguson United type way, that did us a load of good. Because without it, I'm not sure without it, we go on to win any other trophies. I think maybe the league sort of, we, we win the league, it peters out, City win three. And we're all at the end of the season going, how does it feel a bit flat? We've won the league and it feels a bit flat. I think this one is the one that gives us a massive kick up the arse. Well, obviously, it does feel like a sliding doors moment of sorts. I don't know if that's the right metaphor, Ian. In as much as when we reflect back, it's either it all went Pete Tong on the back of the Watford defeat or what Kopi says happens. It feels like there's very little in-betweenness that can happen. 
I think it's a wake-up call. I don't think the team have become arrogant and complacent. I think we've become arrogant and complacent mm. as a fan base. I know I certainly have. I did, uh, <coughs> pardon me, Oh, yeah. I did a video. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, not even doing it for a I'm, I'm sat in the chair. And um, I did. I did one of the video shows on Thursday, so I think it's possibly my fault because I sat there going, "I can't see a world where Watford can actually even get anywhere near us this weekend." I think we're on for doing number nineteen, and the world went, "Can't you, lad?" Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, it, it was horrible. It was nasty. It was embarrassing to watch. The first half, as both Ben and Paul said, first half, we're a bit flattened. But I've got used to watching us do 45 minutes of flat and then coming out of the second half and going, you know what, here you go, here's four goals. We'll just, you know, we did it against Southampton. We were flat for 45 minutes, come out, score four, dead easy. We're going to do that again. At 1 0 down, I thought, okay, we'll score two. 2 0 down, I thought, okay, we'll score two. 3 0 down, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're, we're genuinely buggered now, aren't we? This really isn't happening. But I think it is. A wake-up call in terms of what we need to do to reorient we know that we are not actually invincible obviously we know we're not invincible now it's annoying that we're not going to do the arsenal record because the arsenal record is obviously a magnificent thing but it did draw 12 times and we do already have more points than they got that season it's it's annoying that we won't set records all the way to the end of the season i'd really like that because i want us to go through the rest of the season winning everything Every single game, every single trophy, be the greatest team anyone's ever seen. And now we've thrown in this loss. But the obverse of that is there are a lot of people on Twitter who are describing this as heartbreaking and disastrous. And even if you just put it into football terms, I stood on the cop in 1989 to watch Arsenal win the league in the last second against us. This is nothing compared to that. This this is just losing the game of football. This is nothing to a, the shame of Steven Gerrard's last game being a 6-1 loss away from home at Stoke. Stoke. This Stoke. isn't even as bad as me losing my key house keys last week. No, this it's is, just inconvenience. <laughs> this is not that bad. Having said that, it, it was a shit show, Ben, and it's been coming, I would put it to you, in as much as I think since Wolves away where we we play poorly and win but we're and but we give ourselves the credit of being able to play poorly and win we've continued to play not particularly well and won i think we did what we did well at second half against southampton maybe second half against west ham but we weren't great against norwich by any stretch we were poor against atletico and who and poor i think in winning against west ham 3-2 so i think it's been coming i think we showed our strength by being able to get away with poor form but has it finally caught up with this a phase of poor form uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I wonder if it's a specific type of setup that is limiting our ability to to play well. Because you, you look, we played against that. Let's go. We had all the ball. We were a little, we were a little bit toothless in what we were trying to do. But their setup was fairly similar to Wofford in that they're going to close all your space down and not let you really play, and then hit you on the break. Mm. Effectively, with with big strong lads. Um, West Ham were very similar as well uh, in the way they set up. I think they were a bit more... Uh, I think the problem we had with West Ham is they were a bit more aggressive going forward than I think we envisaged. Um, and we'd set up to have all the ball and have Naby trying to open it up. And actually what they were doing was very similar to Wofford in that they were breaking with numbers and trying to get away from us. I just think we're missing a couple of key personnel in that Henderson to set a tempo. Um, but also... I think we missed Kaiteb weirdly on on even though we got slaughtered last week, he's done all right. I think I think we missed Kaiteb, we missed the likes of Shakiri, 
because you're playing. They had six six centre halves. Watford, mm-hmm. six of them. They had two on 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 each forward. Now that's basically your forwards that can't get in the game. So then you know you've got your fullbacks up the pitch. One of them shuffles wide, close your fullbacks down. Comes to the three in midfield. How many did Watford have on the pitch though? They had loads of them. <laughs> they had loads of players. Loads then. of defenders. <laughs> um, they basically played six six three one. I think when you look at it. And the and the genius of them doing that is you can see when we're trying to break the lines as soon as we get to the eighteen yard box, they've they've literally got nine players between us and the goal. The difference though for me though, Ben, is, and a goal and is is that earlier in the season, every everyone's you have to do that against Liverpool, mm. this Liverpool. But we're a quarter. I think we're a quarter of a yard slower. We're we're just off our intensity pace because we play through those teams at high high octane one twos and we get, we pass our way through. But if you're a quarter of a yard off in your intensity. You can't do that, and yeah. I think that's why we're being blunted. Yeah, I agree, and I think we're we're a little bit lacking uh, with the ball in terms of inspiration. We're a little bit predictable when at, at the moments when you're up against sides like that because they they know okay we'll shuffle it to the to the fullbacks and we'll fancy our chances of defending this ball into the box with you know 15 centre half playing or whatever. Um, and I also I, I I agree the one thing that they needed to sort out on Saturday was the intensity without the ball. And I think it was too easy for for Wofford to break away. You saw what compounds the you know the 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 our inability to break them down was that we weren't then winning the second balls in the little bits around the box where we can then pinch and um, and exploit where they've knocked off or they've tried to get out. We weren't able to win them balls. I think Henderson not playing is a big factor. I think Fabinho not hitting the levels he was last before he got injured is a big factor, and no Milner. Is also you know one that you wouldn't necessarily flag he'll up, but he's out, one he'll dig yeah. you out, he'll work, he'll get a tempo going. Um, I I think it's just a little bit of intensity that needs to come back, but I th- but I think I also think you know playing Chelsea away is an ideal opportunity because they're not going to start with six centre halves, you know they're not going to sit there with 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 banks, they're gonna they're gonna try and play. It's a different type of challenge and it's one that suits us. And I also think Bournemouth as well. They I don't care who you are. Bournemouth aren't able to set up the way Watford did. I don't think. I don't think they've got the players, and I don't think they've got the the inclination to set up that way. He likes to play footy. Um, so I think them two games coming up are the ideal way to just sort of get back on track by playing footy again. Remember and look. Not everyone's going to just sit and try and break and sit and try and break. Okay. Well, we'll we'll come on to how we think he's going to actually approach those because selection is is the key thing with those two games. Um, Paul, let's uh, let's have a look. Is is there something in this time of year? And not not in terms of a hoodoo, but in terms of the pattern. We we come out pre Christmas. We look at it every single year, and we go, "We've got nine games in the space of the next three weeks. What the? Wow, wow! What are we going to do there?" And we've done really, really well. Then we know there comes this hiatus where the FA Cup you can sort of park most of the squad. Now, and certainly by the fourth round, you can park the weekend. And now we've got this this mini winter break thing coming in. Is it a question that the repetitiveness of it? Not that the scorelines haven't been repetitively the same because we've done better this year. But is this is this a Liverpool phenomenon under Klopp that we need to be in rhythm and we have to take this pain in a way to re- recharge batteries for the big push ahead? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think I think the simple answer to that is yes. You because it was a mouthful to get out. Of <laughs> yeah, can you can you can you tell say us that again? again? Yeah, imagine <laughs> just say that again. What's the question? Um, I, yeah, I think we've got to the point where the biggest threats to this football team are world wars, pandemics, and breaks. 
We should like, do a show about a possible pandemic derailing Liverpool's title charge. That's we, a good Paul? idea. We'll do it with Ben Johnson afterwards. It'll be a great show called EPL. Out on Wednesday. Out on Wednesday for, for sod all this week. What a bo- what a bonus, what a bargain. Paul, you were saying. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it is, I think that is the case, isn't it? Is that it's, it's no secret that this team is better in, in rhythm. Because to play like we play, you have to be in rhythm. It's re- really difficult. And I, I do have some sympathy for the lads who get dropped into this side and because they're, they're usually crap. Like when you get dropped into this side from nowhere, it's, everyone's like, God, they're rubbish, aren't they? And you think, well, yeah, because to play the way we play, it takes getting into the flow of it and almost remembering it. Even when they go on international duty and come back from international duty, they've had different fellas telling them different things and they come back and clops like, remember what we do? Like, yeah, I sort of remember it, but it might take me a week or two to get back. And I think that massively ties in this time to something John was saying. It's, you know, it's not, no, it doesn't take a genius to say we really miss Henderson, but I think the Henderson and Milner both being out at the same time in the middle of the pitch, it has a massive, massive effect on everything we do, not just from a footballing ability. We were talking about this in the pub. Think about that side of the pitch without Jordan Henderson there and how quiet it must become. When you, It's not like you sw- if you switched him out and you put Milner in, you, you've got another lad there who's barking and talking to everyone and he, he's driving people forward by the way he plays, but also by the way he talks to everyone. Instead of that, you're putting in lads who play completely different styles of football, but more importantly, are both really quiet. Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita... I don't think they really open their mouth on the pitch because they're so focused on their own game. That's not a criticism. Loads of lads are like that. But it's, it makes a massive difference to what you do. And it all of these things all factor in together and all coming together. And Klopp said this when we first came back from the, the break. Everyone focuses on the games immediately after and say, well, you're not as good there. And he's like, yeah, that's not the point of the break. The point of the break isn't for now. The point of the break is in two months' time because that's when you see the benefits of it. And the key now... That you know we've we've lost the invincible thing to go for and all the rest of it. The key now is well that's only of benefit if you're still in the other competitions, because otherwise it was just all a waste of time, because you're not getting any benefit from being fresh in yeah. April yeah. when you've yeah, got yeah. nothing to play for. You might as well lose the invincible tag now as on game thirty eight. Exactly, it's, it's no different. Well, and and yeah. and you might as well go all out to win the FA Cup and the Champions League. Yes, because that's where you're going to get the benefits of that break now, and and then you can say. Well, it was worth losing to Watford. It was worth losing the Invincibles tag. I the, think, the, I, sorry. think the, the other thing is, as soon as we came back from the break, he put them into a mini pre-season again, didn't he? So we, we were doing kind of double training sessions to get the rhythm back in, to get the, the fitness back up, to get them ready for a major push. And we have, under Klopp, generally had a blip in January or February. Last year, we had a blip and we drew three on the bounce in the Costas League. This year, we've had a blip. It's not costing us anything. We've lost one game against Watford. And again, that is why Chelsea now is so important that we actually win that game. Because if we don't win that game, the media's going to talk about it as being a crisis. But in terms of putting us in a a driving seat for three trophies, if we can beat Chelsea, Bournemouth, we should go against. Then Atletico becomes a game. There's a chance of giving us something to focus on towards the end of the season. The the league is won. We've got the league. That's not an issue. There's no way we're, we're dropping this from here. But to actually benefit from what we've just gone through. I think this has been our blip and it's been the best blip that we've had in years. We we used to have blips all the time. We used to we used to have notoriously shit Octobers. We were always shit in October. Now we just moved it back to Feb and it's and it's we're getting better at being shit for a month. And look to just to I keep banging on about this and I've banged on about the loads and it I, I will continue to. This this I'd love to ask Klopp this question. He'll never say it maybe one day in the future. If it's not 
purposefully built on this. It looks like it sort of subconsciously is. We look like we're built on the old Manchester United. And Alex Ferguson was all right with losing games of football because you were losing games of football because the, the trade-off for that is you're trying to win. He, he would not have been asked of being invincible and drawing 12 games. And all this stuff we've been seeing last week where we're doing the whole, we've already got more points than the United team that won the treble. I can imagine every single one of those United players going, lads, we couldn't care less. We won the treble. Yeah. Show us your extra trophies. What extra trophies do you get for going unbeaten all season? What extra trophies do you get yeah, for you get getting the gold points? on? Cheers. I know, that's it. We've had, I, no, I thought that was good, but I've changed my mind now, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's the like, it's got smaller since we, we can't get it. The whole thing is if any, anyone who hasn't seen it, I mentioned this at the weekend to, to Jono. The, there's a soccer box with Neville and Gerard, and they show the, the when we won at 4 1 at Old Trafford. And I remember going out that night with the lads, and we, we loved it, and we had such a good night. Great to tell me life. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. The other, the other end, Joe, down, down in Manchester, they were just laughing their heads off. They were still four points clear at the top of the league. They went on to win the league. And Neville turned to Gerard when they were showing that game, and he went, Joe, it's dead funny. He went, well, you had loads of days like this. Loads of days like this under Ferguson. But people forget them. And what they did brilliantly was, they would have a day like that, it would be disastrous, and then they'd just come and win 10 games on the bounce. Ultimately, and nobody... And win the trophies, because that's the point. Nobody remembers that Man United in that European Cup final were losing with a minute and a half to go, and they scored two goals in two minutes. And nobody remembers that. All they remember is, you won the European Cup. That's ultimately all that ever matters. And, you know, this, this game will not matter in 10 years' time. I think no. The, the weird thing is, we've we've had we're having whether this is a blip or a full blown fucking crisis of a run, and we don't win for four or five games, we're still going to win the league. That's the mad thing about this. I think it's complete as complacent in a way, if I can say that to everyone, to say this is a blip because we could still have another few bad results here. So we don't we don't know. Um, I did want to focus on individuals without you know resorting to, to, to blatant scapegoatism. Dejan Lovren, <coughs> sorry, what did I, say? <laughs> I can well, do I can do an hour on him. Well, he has a uh, can I, I just want to say before he starts, though, it's his fault. Is it? Jono's fault. Jono turned to me, so I, and everyone will get on him on Twitter because he's slaughtering him. He turned to me after 10, 15 minutes and went, in, in fairness, he started well here, hasn't he? He's doing, oh. doing, play, playing well. He was, he was, I can say and we, and we both, we had like a little two-minute chat, both like going, yeah, and you know what? He's a much better player than people give him credit for and blah, 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 blah. And then, and then Troy Dean the, tied him to a top post and left him there for the entire second I can tell half. you the exact points at which his head went. And this isn't it. The, the criticism of Lovren for me is that he's not, it's not that he's not a good defender. It's not that he's not, a, you know, not that he's not one of the best defenders in the world. I don't think he has the right mentality to play the, at the level for Liverpool needs him. Nine times out of ten, he'd be great. Ten out of, one game out of ten, he'll do what he's done on Saturday. His head went. Yeah, no, yeah. no two ways about it. He, he started trying to fight a battle with Deeney. Which, and uh, when you, what Deeney wants from, and Deeney's in the past, he said about, about Van Dijk, he said the problem is he's got no faults, you can't, you try and outmuscle him, you try and put him off his game and he's too strong for you. What Deeney's after is trying to, is trying to bully you out your game, get you concentrated on him. You look at Lovren, two minutes before half time, Deeney gives the ball away. Lovren mm. sort of loses his head a bit and empties their lad. Sound. Okay, it's a minute before half time, Dejan. That's ridiculous because now they've got a free kick going into our box. But that's fine. Let's get back in. We'll defend it. Ball comes in, gets flicked on. Lovren wins the first header with his hands all over. Dini, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, which we've been screaming for a pen for that. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah but quite then, rightly. but then not only not the issue for me is it's not that he's won the head and his, his hands are all over him. He just goes. He, he empties his position. Wins the header. Goes in front of Dini. Doesn't check his line at all. Mm. Leaves him. Dini's one on one to keep it. 
as a shot. Alisson spills it, should do better. As another shot, so there's one. Mm. Secondly, he, he, I think he gives the he gives the ball away in the lead up to uh, the goal. The goal. Well, Dini's pinned him down for the first. The first he pins him down, so it just sails over his head. And he's nowhere. But he doesn't. He's, I think he's pinned himself down. He's too busy yeah, thinking too busy. about wrestling. He's, yeah. he's just ignores the ball. Ignores the ball. It's berserk. Yeah. And and I, I was having an argument with with, with Neil over, and I, and I carried it on Sunday morning because he was saying it's Fabinho's fault. Ben is doing the WhatsApp finger. Yeah, and I had ten points, so I, I was like, oh, maybe it is. And I watched it. I got up early to watch it. I was like, when I woke up, I was like, hang on. So I got up, put match the day on. Yeah, Fabinho doesn't track his man. His man's to Corey. To Corey puts the ball in the box. For being, for me, I'm looking. Fabinho at that and thinking, Van Dijk both lose to Corey. They, they do. But I'm thinking, if I'm Fabinho, I'm looking at that ball going in. I'm looking where my man is, which is what he's doing. He lets the Corey go in front of him because it's going to Lovren's head, mm. the ball. And I think it's a reasonable choice to make as a centre midfielder to go, well, my centre is probably going to head this. Mm. And if he heads it, it's probably going to go forwards. So I'm going to stay here because the ball's probably going to come here. He doesn't. He just ignores the ball, which mm. was berserk. And Zakori's got a steal on him. And I just can't, for the life of me, understand how that can possibly be the... Be the he might be the wrong side of his player at the start. But other than that, I don't think he's in the wrong. And I I think, that for me, the problem with Lovren is... And it's, it, well, it is a personal criticism, but, it, but it, it's the impact he has on the people around him. And I mm. think the impact he has on the players around him, they're looking, they don't know what he's going to do. He's just yeah. mad shit. Like ignoring the ball off a throw-in. That's berserk. What are you doing? Eddie? <laughs> Do you know what it's in well, our box? It's on the six-yard box. The greatest, Eddie? the greatest debacle under Klopp was the 4-1 against a white heart, Tottenham against Wild and Wembley against Tottenham. And we have two players in our squad then who make everybody else nervous. Mignolet then and, uh, and Lovren then. They just... Even Matip, when he's passive, doesn't create the panic that Lovren can. Yeah, I agree. With you. I have to say though, I think the game's defining moments. I think if we get away with it, we might settle in and, and nick it. Is the first goal, and I think Virgil Van Dijk is massively culpable. Probably the most culpable I've seen him in his Liverpool career. I felt. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Paul. He's guilty of sort of gross arrogance. He allows the cross, thinking that's going to be dealt with, thinking we just need to get the ball up the other end rather than playing what was in front of him. I yeah, I take your point, and I think he is a bit of fault. But and this ties into what John was saying here. It, it's too easy to take little moments of a player and that you can call a mistake in isolation and say, that's a mistake and he shouldn't be doing that. But our whole system is built on us going the other way. Like we, we, all, we, all, we all say now it's become a running thing that when I still I do it in the ground, when they get a corner, yep. I say, if I'm, if I'm a Liverpool player in the box, I'm saying to their lads, we're going to score off your corner. That's all I'm saying to them. Do you see that moment where corner? Van Dijk gives Salah the, the eyes? You saw it on the telly in that game against Watford. Mm. They had a corner and he, and he was signalling to Salah, I'm going to head it to you from yeah. this corner. It was, it was unbelievably blatant. And and that's what this is all about. So what, what John was saying there is when Fabinho's assessing that situation, he's thinking, yeah, he wins it, we're away. Yeah. So that's all it takes. If you don't win it, well, now he's screwed. And in that goal, and you'd have to sort of even speak to them about this because I think... With with all the goals we conceded, especially the first two, because the, the last one is a, is just a blatant mistake from Trent. The, but the from an appalling header by Lovren. Yeah. yeah, but but in all in each of the goals we concede, it's not just one mistake; it's multiple mistakes by multiple players, mm. and not not mistakes that you could say, "Oh, that was an error that led to a goal," but just a small thing. So yeah, Lovren, and he's rightly getting slaughtered because he should just head that ball, and he's too wrapped up in in wrestling, Dini, like John was saying. That's one mistake. 
But if you're Lovren, I think you're you could turn around and say, "But lads, there's two yeah. of you there could bail me out." Yeah. If Van Dyke stops Fair this enough, cross, yeah. this becomes a nothing. It becomes yeah. a I'm just wrestling Deeney, and it's hard to play Deeney. And then even after Van Dyke, Robertson, there's only one lad for Robertson to look at in that mm. box, and he lets him get across him. And if he doesn't let him get across him, and Robertson is usually absolutely brilliant at that, by the way. He's yes. done it with the best players in the world. He's done it with Messi, getting across him, stopping that ball, getting in. If Robertson tidies that up, we're not saying Van Dyke's arrogant. and Van, We're saying Van Dyke does that all the time. We said it first half. The number of times Van Dyke, you literally see him go... I'm not going to dangle my leg at that because if I dangle my leg at it and it takes a deflection, it could go in. Could I trust the fellas behind me? Yeah. I I know I know this setup. You could I reckon you could put a a, a YouTube channel together of a hundred clips of Van Dyke doing what he did for, the, for that cross, which is I'm trusting the fellas behind me. Now we can say, well, you shouldn't be doing that, hmm. or we can say, but this is just the team, and and do you know what? Sometimes that's not going to work well. And that's just the way I it think is. You just I, have to suck it up. It's, you can argue it either ways, and, and you can yeah. be seen to be being. Uh, you know, it's easy for someone to say, "Look at." I I was slagging uh, Lovren on Twitter on Saturday night because uh, yeah, I was bevied and and you know pissed off <laughs> and a r- ridiculous happy phone in my hands, which is you know real one of fucking fight club. Don't talk about footy on Twitter when you've had a pint. Um, but I, yeah, I was slagging him, and people were saying, "Well, it wasn't just him; it was it was so and so, so and so, it was their fault, it was their fault." You can argue it either way, and it can look like he's slaughtering one individual. What I'd say is, if Lovren doesn't play, I don't necessarily think we lose the game. Mm-hmm. That, and I and I believe that, and, and like I believe that I don't. I'm not scapegoating him. I, that's what I believe. I'm not making excuses for Van Dijk. You can argue it either way. Van Dijk should do better. Yeah, Robertson should do better. Yeah. Should they be in the position in the first place to have to do better? I don't think they should because if it's Joe Gomez or Matip, they just had that ball. They don't, yeah. they don't start messing about. It's also, if Joe Gomez is there, the creativity from the back increases a million fold because Lovren hasn't got that creativity from the back, which is the problem in the first half. And I think it speaks about how much of what we do is based on shape and fluidity of the, and rhythm mm. because you put Lovren in there and he's distorting the shape of the back four. So that first goal happens because he's distorted the entire shape of the back four by being the man who's decided to wrestle with the man instead of being available for the ball. I'd be interested to see if you I I be interested to see if you ask the players, if you were able to ask the players, or you ask somebody like Pep Linders says, What's meant to happen here? I'd I'd think the I'd think the the response Not would be really interesting. Who's at fault? I think he's got fucking him the shop guns, but he yeah. wouldn't say that because he's I, the player. And he and he backed him as one of theirs. And he and he's right to so part of this amazing team. Um you know, it's our last to slaughter him. But we got beat and he was crap. So we can get fucking slaughtered. And it, and it does go further than that because it goes into what you've all been saying before. And it goes further than the, you know, he, he's not as good. We said this in pub. The funny thing we've got now is the Joe Gomez to Lovren drop off is like at the other end of the pitch. Joe, we've talked about for ages. It's too big a drop off from the front three to Divock Origi. We've got that now because Joe Gomez is so good. What about Joel Matip? Well, it, and that's the crazy thing because, like, I don't think anybody understands why Lovren played instead of Matip. But the big thing I was going to say I think is because that, Lovren likes a fight. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think you can underestimate the psychological effect it has on everybody around him. That he just shows what you're saying about that Spurs game with Mignolet. In a team like this that is so well drilled and so well refined. Just having that tiny seed of doubt in your mind about what this lad's going to do behind me. You saw the one, the, the one I, I kept going back to him in the game. Lovren plays a five-yard pass to Trent and just kicks it out. Like he plays it a yard away from Trent so he can't get to it. And Trent doesn't even look at him. 
He doesn't turn around and bollock him. He doesn't scream at him. Yeah, he doesn't even it. look at him. He just stares into the mid distance with a look on his face. Like it reminded me of remember when um, Gerard pinged that ball to Degan away at Arsenal. And it's just like, lad, it's that that moment of he's just not good enough to play with me. And that in the back of your mind all the time. You can't do what you're meant to be doing then. If you go back to the Fubino thing, if instead of going, well, I know where I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be the other side of this player because that's what we've been working on for years. You did if instead of that, you have to go, but do I? Is he going to miss he it? Is he going to miss it? Well, then you're screwed. It did feel like, I had to say watching it, that we now need to move on from Lovren. He, belo- he belongs to an era. And... Um, an era where we all had a lot of fun, but we weren't winning shit, and we have to move on from Diggs. You know, I felt it. I felt it when he was picked. You've all echoed this. We shouldn't scapegoating because it was a terrible all-round team performance. Yeah, we were, it was. We were yeah. punchless and, yeah. uh, and rubbish. I, I mean, Van Dijk, I think, made one of his certainly one of his top few errors. But let's let's now try and look forward. Klopp echoed what you said earlier, Paul. The rest of you said that this should be this is a positive. There's a monkey off the back in the sense that we don't have to. Let's not waste time talking about records. Let's talk about winning things and what looms in front of us is the opportunity to win things the FA Cup in particular I want to discuss with all you I'll start with uh, you in a minute Ben how he will approach Chelsea and Bournemouth as a combined project before we do that it's worth bearing in mind that the club have announced uh, that Neil Critchley has left the under uh, the under 23 setup to manage Blackpool um, that's an interesting development head coach head, head coach, coach of Blackpool it's an interesting development I mean Critch saw us through the win over Everton, uh, navigators past Shrewsbury, been a really, really uh, great asset for the under-23s, and I suppose I think everyone at Liverpool wishes him well in, in the new role. I suppose it's interesting it comes at a point where you would hope the boss was ready to, to quietly push Chris to one side anyway and say, I'm back, I shall be taking charge of the FA Cup squad and selection. Yeah, I think I, Yeah, I think, I think there's no doubt about it, Daddy. I, I think in terms of the... First off, in terms of the FA Cup, I think we're going to go with a relatively strong side. Do you? No, yeah. I, well, I don't think it's going because to be... Because of Watford? No, I just think because of we want to win the FA Cup and it's Chelsea away. If it was, I don't know, Barnsley at home or someone or whoever's left, I don't know who's left in it, but if it was someone at home, you'd you'd see a team that he thinks could win the game. And I think what you'll what will dictate the team this time is can they win the game? Let's put the let's let's give ourselves the best opportunity to win this game in the context of you might need to rest a few players, you might need to give some fringe players a bit of a run out, but I think it'll be relatively strong, and I, I don't think there was a cat and else chance of critically going it at any point anyway. Um, so he wouldn't have got this gig anyway. This is no. the, okay. Well, Paul, look, well, Klopp did the first leg at Shrewsbury, didn't he? Got the first leg, the first game at Shrewsbury. Yeah, that, so. that's true. He did, Paul. Are you expect? following from what Ben said, are you expecting the strength of the teams between Chelsea and Bournemouth to be indistinguishable then to a degree? Do you know what I mean? Yes. I I, I think, I mean, it depends, usual caveats of it depends on the players and the conditioning and who's fit and who isn't and all the rest of it. But I think there's an argument now, like we have seen him do many times in the past in the first part of the season, to say to a, a core of players, you're my lads. Go and go and go and play fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, go and play four on the bounce. Yeah, you've had your week off. Not even fifteen, like twelve. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I and I think if Jordan Henderson was fit, you, you might you might see him just go to the same eleven lads. I want you to play the next three games because we've you've rested. We've we we can get the way to get in rhythm is to play the same lads 
constantly. We, we've shown we can do it. But like this, playing every few days is not a problem for this side. It's actually a, a benefit. And with the, with the teams we've got coming up, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be making wholesale changes. And in fact, for the Chelsea game, the changes I would make, I think, strengthen us anyway. Because I'd bring Lov- I'd bring Matip in for Lovren. Or Gomez. If Gomez is fit, yes. yeah, obviously. Um, and I, I wouldn't have played Oxlade-Chamberlain anyway at the weekend. I think... I think there are there. Look, you can you can do whole shows on some of these players, but I think there are big doubts about Keita and Oxley Chamberlain and their ability to start football matches and have the impact that we need them to have reliably. I think the whole Oxley Chamberlain sort of coming on as a sub thing and and being great and I, th- I think he's a really nice lad and I think he's a good footballer. That for me, we said this in the pub, that for me should have confirmed a bit like Divock Origi, that he's greater coming off the bench and having an impact on games. Until he's got, until he looks like he's got belief back in himself and he just doesn't look like he's got that to me, then I think whilst Henderson and Milner are not available and Milner might be back, so if Milner's back, drop him in. Lallana is your your next best player because he's the most like those lads. The impact he had the other day, he comes on, he he wants the ball, give me the ball, get it, give it, get it, give it. And he's talking constantly. You need that type of lad. He's a captain at the end of the day. You need a captain in the middle of your pitch. So I'd go with the same 11, say, for those two players. Okay, Ian, if, if he does, I think it's interesting, Kopi's thinking then, if he does go for more or less a core of nine or ten out of the 11, that, that, then it would be the sa- virtually the same team from Saturday. It would be the same team Tuesday, Saturday. It's Atletico that I slightly be nervous about. Much yeah. as there's a contradiction here. Much it's as we want... Intensity. Yeah, you want them in rhythm... But are you asking the same lot to play that many games that close together? Is is that a risk he will or won't take, in your opinion? It's a, it's a, it's a hard one to balance out this, because I, I think you could make a really good case after the weekend and after Fabinho's performance for going, stick Shirovella at the base, because he's done brilliantly in every FA Cup game, and he's got the intensity, he's got the passion for it. It shows some... I'd also... I think there could be a call for Curtis Jones to drop into the midfield, because once again he's done brilliantly in the FA Cup he's run the game each game he's been in and he wants it you could also maybe a partial case for saying two of Firmino Salamane and Rob Elliott in up front because those fresh legs could actually do something for us I think we it's a weird one because we do need these next three games we, we need to beat Bournemouth because we can't lose twice in the league uh, we certainly can't do it at home because that's records dropping all over the place. He, that mental impact on everybody as a group. We need to beat Chelsea. We need to beat Atletico. These these next three are all must-win games. As every other game in the season has been a must-win game. But you have got lads who are... I looking. would argue the must-win game in the next three is Atletico and Atletico yes, alone. Yes, definitely. That, that, that's, that's a massive one. But I do want the FA Cup. Sure. I, I want the treble, obviously. You know, why, why should we stop being greedy just because we've lost one game? I'm going to continue being greedy and just go, OK, well, that's the game that we've lost this season. Let's just win all the others. Let's just go back to what we're doing. I wonder if 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 the, the rationale is we go strong tomorrow, we sh- don't go weak against Bournemouth, but we rotate a bit. But we rotate Give a Curtis bit. Jones's game. We yeah. rotate someone out of the front three, for example. Maybe we don't yeah. play Firmino tomorrow, and we play Minamino yeah. in that role because he come on the other day. I thought he actually looked relatively bright, even though there was nothing going on around him. There's one moment uh, towards the very end of the game where he's moved to the left of their penalty area and he's screaming for the ball and he's gesturing exactly where he wants it and no one's doing it for him. Yeah. So the lad's got the vision to do the job. So I think there's a, there's, there's a possible case for one of the front three having a rest tomorrow, probably, uh, possibly Salah. 
I think there's oh, it's possibly for me not tomorrow. Then I think there's a case at home against Bournemouth to give Salah the rest, and I think Mane plays because he's he's being injured. He plays yeah. he plays the three, and you go full whack. And I, there might be a couple of tweaks to save some legs here and there, but I think you're talking for being s- in or out. Yeah, I think you're talking seven, eight starters rather like first team, first eleven starters rather on uh, certainly tomorrow. That's what I'd be doing. And I think if you wanna if you wanna be resting players or Rotating with as a three-game block, then Saturday's your opportunity to do it. Not, to, not he works tomorrow. backwards from Atletico, though, doesn't he, Paul? Possible. Well, I, no. Well, the point I was about to make, which I think is key, if I'm right about it, is that there's no replays from now on in there. Yes, no. correct. So I think there's a massive psychological point here. Chelsea is win or lose. Yeah. Now, if you can draw away to Chelsea, then it's okay. But you can't. You win or lose. Mm. And if you lose after being beaten by Watford, you're out of another competition. You've lost two on the bounce. Now all of a sudden, and I was, I was chatting about this with someone this morning, it's mad how quickly psychology changes in fan bases, in the media, amongst players. All of a sudden, you're going from feeling like Ian was saying before, we are untouchable, we are invincible. And everybody, you could feel that against the, the teams playing us. And this goes back to the old United and the City under Guardiola last year. Teams are beaten before they even play you. That's changed then. It's already it's already been dented because Watford have shown. We've said this in the past. They've shown yet. They've they've shown how to beat City. More teams can beat them now. Well, that's what everyone else will be thinking a bit. We lose a second on the bounce. All of a sudden, we go into a half twelve flat atmosphere kickoff against Bournemouth, Bournemouth and everyone starts the saying they got to draw to Chelsea, you know. And then you start looking at your fixture list and you start saying. Well, that, you know, instead of going, where do we want to win the league? You start going... Where are we going to get the wins? Ev- Everton's, Everton away is hard, you know, because they're going to be up for that and they'll be flying. The Goodison will be bouncing. They, they add all the, the injustice that they think against United. Then you look at Palace at home and you go... Oh, it's, it's, we, it's, it's hodgy. And you start talking yourself the complete opposite way around. And then the Etihad, where you go, and exactly. we get beat there. And they've just gone to the way... <laughs> and, and think about this as well. Just I watched their Madrid, Madrid game... Yeah. The way Pep Guardiola played that Madrid game, to me, is him firing a massive warning sign to us that that's how he'd play us. And yeah. all of this stuff that Pep Guardiola bangs on about that he doesn't change the way he, change, the way he plays footy. He's only got one plan, load of bollocks. He's changed against us in the past and he's practised it away at Madrid that he can be solid. They can, they can play like that. That's what they'll do against us to beat us or to try and beat us. So I think this game, when you say about the next three, the must-win is Atletico. I think almost it's the opposite. I think the must win is Chelsea because you beat Chelsea with a good side and all of a sudden everything's forgotten again. Everyone goes, oh God, it was just a blip. Isn't there a case though for th- because you're ner- because of that fear to throw Chelsea as a game under a bus? Now he's done his best to throw us out the FA Cup. Just just hear me out. I'm not saying he will, but I think there's a part of Klopp which will have gone, I, don't, I can't be asked for the FA Cup. I haven't been asked with it all season. Even if we get through, we could draw City in the quarters or Man U away you know what, I can't be arsed with this. A lot of energy and, you know, and a lot of risk for a competition we might not win anyway. A competition that means nothing to him at all. So could his thinking not be, do you know what, the follow-up game to Watford, the can-they-bounce-back game isn't Chelsea, it's Bournemouth, and we're on safer territory there. So what I'll do is I will play the League Cup team against Chelsea, and if they pull off a fucking miracle, they pull off a miracle and win on pens. But if they go out, it's not our second defeat on the bounce. Is Is there a case for that kind of thinking? I it, put it this way it wouldn't surprise me massively if that happened mm. but I think what and, I, and as well I should say what the team I said that I would play I don't think is the team that Klopp will play mm. I think, at the, I think at, the, at the very best from what I would want 
there'll be four or five changes. You, you'll you'll see Curtis Jones start. You might. I don't. I'm not sure it'll go as far as Chiravella, but there will be rotation. You know, Matip will come back in regardless of Gomez's fitness. Hmm. Um, Nico Williams might play. I, but I, I'd be surprised if he went as far as you're saying. There's and, not much difference really between what, that, those and, things. And right? I think the biggest point is, I'm sure Neil Jones said on a show a few weeks ago, that attitude that you're talking about towards the FA Cup, which is, I think, as clear as day, isn't it? Like, it, just the trying to get knocked out every year, basically, since he's been there. Hmm. I think that's changed internally because whilst he might not personally give that much of a shit about it, the reality is now we are in a weird position because the league is, for good for all the, my, the psychology talk, whatever, and then people losing their heads, for us not to win the games we have to win to win the league for me yet would be the greatest collapse in sport in history. And I just don't see that happening with the games we've got left to play. So I think there is a shift towards... I think there is a shift towards you want to win the FA Cup. Okay. Well, let's begin to wrap this up. <laughs> Um, I, don't know. No, I, I just want to final things we've all been counting the when we'll win the league date have you all looked at the fixture since Watford have you brought yourself to do it I'm sure you have somewhere along the line where do you think we get to win this this frigging title that's just the final question I'm not, I don't want a massive discussion on it I think pick, you, pick I, your game I, I am not going, choice but I'm reality Villa, Villa at home uh, mainly because I'm meant to be away so me and all me mates. Biggest fucking headache. Would you come back for it yes. from your base? Me too. Yes. I've already looked at me. From options. your tropical rural base. I've already looked at me. Options. Plus, we're going to talk on the show that's out on Wednesday the impact of the corona. Let's <laughs> not fucking underestimate that. Cause that we, we, I mean, look what's going on in Italy. Look what's France have banned. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing to say no that tomorrow. some of these games might get called off in the next month. In which case. All mats, people are flying over specifically for Chelsea for some kind of for the cup lift. That might not be the last home game. All of a sudden, that might not be the last home game. Empty stadiums are. We should do a show about this. We will. We, we will. Come we out might do, yeah. we we might do. The, the Corona special. <laughs> Listen out for it, kids. Paul, which game are you? Which game do you think it's going to happen? I yeah, I'm edging towards Villa. I think it'll probably be Villa now, mainly because. Uh, friend, friend of the show and and our and our good mate uh, John O'Jacko, depending on how you re- like to know him by Paul Johnson. Um, Paul Johnson, mother. yeah, is is in Disneyland. Is he? <laughs> yeah, and, and has no moves. Literally has. So where where does Ben Jono can fly back from Spain? Because it's just there. Euro Disney. No, he's in Euro Disney. I think. Oh, is it Euro Disney? Yeah, they don't, don't have a sports bar. I've tried to watch footage, but, but there's no move, move. Is there? There isn't. A, you can't leave your kids in Disneyland. No. So, and there's not in I, the Disney Village. There's not even a snide off sports I, bar. I'm really like envisioning Jacko with like a Mickey Mouse hat on <laughs> and a big kind of kind of coke. Yeah. As like Liverpool are in the league, watching <laughs> <laughs> his kids in the Magical Kingdom. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Ian, give me your game and then we'll wind this shit up. Do you know what? Palace. Palace? Well, that depends on a few other things happening. That, that's... that depends on United doing City. That's the, the optimist shout. I'm going to go with a pessimist shout and go Brighton. Eight oh. o'clock on a Monday night. We beat the shite. Uh, it's been a really, really good show. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Paul. Thank you to Ian. And thank you to Lizzie for producing. Uh, Neil Acker can't come home too soon. Podcast Network.